Thanks for being here today. My name is Kevin Conover, and you're listening to Educate for Life Radio. We're broadcast down here in Southern California on KPRZ, 1210 AM, as well as FM 106.1 in North County. And I wanted to start off, this is an old uh, court case. It's an old article. This is really interesting. It says here, Christian worldview class deemed okay. A Spartanburg County High School in South Carolina has been watching, I'm sorry, has been awarding two credits to students who take a Christian worldview class at an off-campus religious school. Freedom from Religion Foundation sued the district to stop schools from accepting the credits, contending it is a violation of the Establishment Clause. The school won the initial case and the appeal. Now Freedom from Religion Foundation has attempted to convince the Supreme Court to hear the case. The highest court in the land refused, basically agreeing with a lower court ruling. Oren Smith of South Carolina's Palmetto Family Council applauded the latest ruling, They're not teaching the Bible only as history and literature, which would be wonderful. These classes are teaching the Bible as scripture, as the word of God. To receive a high school credit for that is significant. About 200 of the 1,500 students in the Spartanburg School District have taken the class. Now, that's a pretty old article. That's all the way back in 2012. And, um, you know, I've always been interested in this subject because uh, I've always felt that it was strange that we didn't teach um, more of the Bible in public schools. And when I saw the history of the teaching of the Bible in public schools um, historically in our country, I noticed that in the past, um, if you didn't know this, originally the very first public schools were started to teach kids how to read the Bible. The whole focus was you can't know the word of God unless you're able to read. So we better get more kids to be able to read. And so um, it's very exciting for me um, to see, you know, release time uh, spreading and growing and more kids having the opportunity to take these classes. They are voluntary, which is really cool. And uh, I was at a homeschool convention not too long ago, and I bumped into uh, Brock Bailey, and uh, we're really grateful that he's going to be on the program. And the reason is, is because um, he is a release time teacher in South Carolina. He's been doing this for a while now. And let me tell you a little bit about him. He's a Bible teacher and coach. He's also a leader at uh, Cannon Memorial Baptist Church, youth leader in central South Carolina. He teaches release time Bible classes at R.C. Edwards middle school. And he's been doing that since 2018. And he's also worked uh, with crew uh, family life uh, as a missionary with them. He's also a a PE and health teacher. And uh, he's a cross country and track coach. So uh, Brock, thanks a lot for being here today. Thank you. Glad to be here. Yeah, fantastic. I was so excited when I bumped into you. You know, I've never, honestly, before you and I met at that convention, I had never, um, actually met somebody who actively taught release time education. And uh, that's why I wanted you to be on the program, because I think it's really cool to see, um, to hear from somebody that's been doing this for a while and also inspiring maybe to somebody who's thought, hey, how can I uh, minister in my local uh, public school? What can I do? So um, can you tell us a little bit about how did this start? Like, how did you get started with being involved with release time education? Is this something you knew about for a long time? Or was this something that, you know, kind of popped up? Give us the the backstory here. Yes, sir. Well, my um, aunt and uncle, my uh, wife's side of the family were uh, release time teachers for several years. And they kept telling me, you need to come teach, you need to come teach. I was like, no, no, I can't do that. I'm teaching PE at the time. I'm I'm coaching cross country. uh, And then God calls them the full-time missions. And and we went and served with crew and family life. And uh, and that kind of got us in the edge into, into ministry. And then God made it very clear it was just time to come back home. And home is near Clemson, South Carolina. And we had no clue what the next step was going to be. Uh, we just knew God said it's time to move back. And we moved back. 
the position opened up to teach release time. And this is now my fourth year uh, teaching that. I, I've spent four years teaching. I'm going to my fifth year here in two weeks. That is so incredible. Um, so uh, where were you a missionary before you came back to uh, South Carolina? And uh, we were actually in Little Rock, Arkansas. And uh, we were working with a family and marriage ministry trying to, uh, uh, you know, just help marriages thrive and to, uh, to help, uh, you know, individuals learn about biblical manhood and womanhood and, and how to live out a biblical worldview within the family context. That's great. You know, a lot of times um, you hear people think they have to, they have to leave the country to, to be a missionary, but there's a lot of need right here uh, where we're at, right? Well, the Great Commission is we're all missionaries. You can be a missionary firefighter. You can be a missionary um, you know, English teacher in a public school, you can be a missionary nurse, wherever it is. You know, the true great commissions that we're all missionaries wherever we go. Amen. That's, that's fantastic. I think that's something that, you know, we need to um, teach more in the, in the local churches is that, yeah. you know, it doesn't matter whether you're an engineer, it doesn't matter whether you work at, you know, you know, wherever it might be uh, in and out or uh, here in California, in and out or whatever um, you have the opportunity to, uh, be an influence there uh, among those people. So that's really cool. I love that philosophy and that perspective. Um, so, so when you got, when you said that there was a position that opened up in release time, um, what do you mean by that? Because this isn't like schools don't, don't um, run release time programs. So right. what does that mean when you said a position opened up? So, yes. Yeah, so the, the release time uh, program is run through a local board. And so we uh, have teachers in all five middle schools in my county. And so it's Pickens County, South Carolina. It's the same county that Clemson University is in. And uh, so all five middle schools uh, have a uh, teaching position funded by the local ministry, the nonprofit ministry. And so um, whenever we uh, move back into town, the a pastor of the church that we actually meet at to teach at uh, had been teaching it. And he was looking to you know spend more time um, focused on his ministry, which is, you know, leading the local church and this position opened up and, and God just, um, you know, just, it was smooth sailing. We, we moved back. I had probably like a two or three month uh, window to try to do some odd jobs and then rolled right into release time. And so, uh, and the director of release time, uh, Brian Hill is his name. And he likes to always say it this way, you know, it, it's a calling. It's not a, you're, you're not really, it's not a job. You know, this is a calling that, that God has placed on us because, you know, being a nonprofit ministry, we're not making that much money. We're not, there's not a lot of, you know, bells and whistles, so to speak. You know, we're, we're dependent upon uh, partners who give so that we can teach the Bible to public school students. And so, uh, so it's really, it's a calling that we've answered to, to meet the need to help educate these students uh, in the Bible and, and what God's word is and, and how to live it out. Amen. That's awesome. So, so, um, Tell us, do you, what, what is the history of release time as far as, you know, for a lot of people, even yes. when I posted this, when I began to post that I was going to be talking about this and I said, teaching the Bible, you know, in public schools and a bunch of people freak out and they're just like, no, <laughs> yes. no, no, you can't do that. And, and um, even Christians, you know, it's not, yes. it's not a lot of Christians are like, whoa, whoa, we, we don't want to do that. You know? And, and uh, they're, they're afraid that somehow um, the government is going to start, you know, getting their hands uh, in the church and everything there. And, and there's a big concern there. And um, so can you give us a little bit of background on the history of release time and, and uh, you know, uh, maybe, uh, maybe uh, put some people's minds at ease as far as like, you know, uh, what's going to happen here? Are we mixing uh, the government and, and the church or what's going on? Definitely. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And when I share with people what I do, they're like, 
you you do that after school, right? That, that's an yeah. after school club. Yeah, that's an after school program. And I know yeah. I teach as an elective course during the school day. Um, at all our schools, we teach between three and six courses every day. Uh, I've taught over the past four years, either five classes a day or six classes, one hour classes uh, every wow. day. And so kind of back up and give the history of back in 1914. So over 100 years ago, uh, Dr. William Wirt, W-I-R-T from Gary, Indiana, actually started release time. And uh, I came with a number, several hundred people uh, went through it there. And he was a superintendent of the schools. And, uh, and he went and several hundred people went through it uh, that very first year back in 1914. And it's just grown since. Uh, currently today, uh, there's over a thousand different programs, just like ours, Pickens County, uh, across the United States, 32 different states. And, and when I looked at the stats, over 350,000 students annually are getting to learn about God's word, the Bible during the school day. And, is, uh, and so, so is, here's, yeah, yeah, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. And so here's kind of the three parameters. Uh, you must have parent or guardian permission to be able to participate. So it's, you know, a kid can't just go and jump in the class. You have to have uh, legal permission from your parent or guardian. Uh, the instruction must be off of school grounds. So no teaching on school grounds. And then there must not be any government funds. So there's no state or federal funding that goes to release time. We don't get any state or federal funding. All our funding is from uh, the local community, local churches and individuals who give, who partner with us so that we can do what we do. And so, uh, so since 1914, but here's the cool thing in 1952, a Supreme Court case actually looked at this. A Supreme Court case, 1952, upheld that the release time programs are legal. It was a free exercise of religion. Uh, the First Amendment uh, is what they cited. Is that, is that this can be done as long as those three parameters, parent legal uh, guardian consent, uh, off-school property, and no funding from the state or federal government. And mm. so that was back in 1952. And so that's probably why the article you cited at the very beginning, that's why they had no grounds to, to really make a case because that already, there was previous uh, precedent uh, of release time. It's already been established. Uh, well, that that is uh, really great. I, I just think that's so wonderful because, you know, a, bit, a big part of the thing that a lot of Christians are frustrated with is the fact that the Bible used to be taught in public schools on a regular basis, um, regardless of release time. And, you know, there seems to be have been this push out, pushing the Bible out of public schools um, for a long time now. And yet here, um, many kids are getting the opportunity to hear this. You know, in your experience, you're what do you say you're going on your fifth year now? Is that right? Yes, sir. Your fifth year? Yeah. So would you do all the kids that come in, are they already Christians or are there kids that come in that aren't Christians and are kind of, you know, exploring what, what's been your experience there? Well, well, I would say here's the national stat of uh, 70%. So seven, zero, uh, 70% of all students who participate in release time do not attend church regularly. And so that's, mm -hmm. that's a nationwide stat. Now I, I would say we're probably, I don't have a hard number, but probably at my school, probably 50% are regular church attenders. I'd use that term because even if they're a regular church attender, I don't know where they're at, their heart's at. I don't know if they've made a decision for Christ yet. Sure, They're sure. probably about 50% are regular church attenders. And 50%, they've never, their, their mom or dad thought it'd be a good idea to get some good moral education. You know, that kind of thing. And, uh, <laughs> and so like, they put them in the class. My, my kid is really messed up. I, I really need him to go to Bible yeah, that's class. Right. Or, or it could be a guilt thing. Yeah. I'm going to take my kids to church. So here's a chance they can go to church during the school day. Yeah. Kind of a constant. And maybe like, I don't have to take them now because they're, they're going during the school day. You know? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it could be that too. <laughs> but whatever the case, right. Uh, Paul said, uh, you know, I am all things to all people so that I might win some. So 
that's, that's really great. great. Um, so, you know, along those same lines, um, I had somebody say, hey, you know, if a school, if a public school is going to allow, uh, and, and the kids do get credit for this, they actually get credits. Is that correct? And at the high school level, they do. At the middle school level, it's a non-credit elective. Okay. But at the high school level, they do get credit. Okay. And then, um, you know, somebody said, if you're going to make a, a class like this available, that is a Bible, a, literally a Bible class, it's, it's not just like a, a critical analysis of Christianity or looking at the yes. Bible as literature. It's actually, in a lot of ways, uh, like attending a, a Bible study. Yes. Um, and they said, hey, well, if you're going to offer this to Christian kids, you know, to kids from a Christian perspective, you have to offer it, for example, from an Islam class or a class on Islam or, um, you know, a class on Buddhism. Is this true that, that the schools must provide uh, the opportunity for them to learn from other religions as well? Yeah, I'm sure if any other religion wanted to start a similar program, um, you know, teaching their religion, I'm sure that would be allowed. But mm. unfortunately, you don't see that. The, the only thing I've seen nationwide are people who are devoted to following Christ trying to teach others how to be devoted followers of Christ. Mm. And uh, so I, I, I don't know of anything else out there. If any other so that's never, that do that. That, that's never been an issue where uh, an administrator has said, look, you've got to find somebody to teach Buddhism too, or something like that. Yeah. And no, and they're getting that like sixth grade of world history. They're covering all the world religions during that time. And yeah. so they're covering those there. And so that may be, especially the middle school level, that may be why that's not as seen as much of an issue. Maybe, sure. I don't know. Huh. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's great. And that's good to know that legally that's not the case. Um, yes. Now um, tell us a little bit about, um, well, I wanted to give, I wanted to give your website to PC release time. Dot com is Brock's website. If you want to go there, um, like he was saying, um, they're a nonprofit. And so he's, he's supported like a missionary and, um, they rely on, um, you know, uh, people to contribute and to support them in order for him to be able to do this. Um, and, and Brock, is this a full-time job or is this, uh, something that you do part-time or how does that work? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a full-time job with part-time benefits. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, I mean, I teach uh, five or six classes a day. I teach, as, I teach as many, if not more, classes than the average teacher does at, at every school. Like, if you're teaching English at my middle school, generally they're teaching four classes a day. Mm. And last year I taught five classes a day. I've taught six in the past. And uh, so, it, uh, so I, I usually have a higher teaching load than the English, math, science, social studies teachers have. And uh, so from that standpoint, yes, it's a full-time job. And, uh, you know, we're there every day, every school day. We're there teaching. And, uh, yeah. It's a one semester course, so I get a I get a new group of kids uh, in January. So we we start up actually our, our first day of class is August the second. So here just two weeks away, and uh, so we, we'll start with a new group of kids, and then we'll end up in December before Christmas break. Of course, they don't call it Christmas break in public school, but I still call it Christmas break. And yeah. <laughs> uh, but and, and then in January I get a whole new group of kids, and so I, I can usually teach um, ten to fourteen students per class. I have a a bus, and I guess I'll give you that background. Um, so when the kids show up at school. They have uh, they've signed up for this class, and so I have to take them off campus so I can teach them. So I have a 14 passenger bus, and that's part of the of the of the giving to the ministry to help us buy buses, to help us maintain the bus. You know, got to put tires, we got to change the oil in them, you know, all those kind of things, and mm. uh, you know, insurance. And so uh, I can take up to 14 students every class uh, to a local church, and that church is about a five minute drive away. And so we we drive up there, we go into the church, into a classroom uh, in the church. 
teach them. I usually get about 35 to 40 minutes of classroom instruction every day. And then by the time you come to transition time, it's about an hour class. By the time you come to drive and then, you know, kids have to go to the bathroom in between, you know, all that kind of, all the transitions. And sure. I get about a 40 minute uh, uh, break or so in there. And then, um, and then we bring them back. And I do that right now. I'm doing that five times a day. And wow. uh, for that, so, uh, so, yeah, so it's, it's, it's a big, I mean, it's a full-time commitment. No doubt about that. I mean, I get my summers to do other things, but it is a full-time commitment. Yeah. Um, so from, um, if somebody's thinking to themselves, wow, this is really neat. I've never heard of this before. This sounds like something I want to pray about. And I want to maybe see if my local school would be willing to do, um, is, does the, does the off, uh, campus location obviously has to be pretty close in order for you to be able to take them there and then bring them yes. back in a timely fashion. Yes. And the good news about being in South Carolina, there's a church on every corner. And so that does help. Even in the country, you know, there's churches in every corner. So yeah. in other locations, you know, if you're in the, in the New England States, it could be more of a challenge uh, finding a location, but it doesn't have to be a church. You know, it could be a, a community center that allows you to come in. It could be a, a covered picnic pavilion. I mean, it could be, all, you could anywhere off campus. It could be okay. someone who owns property and has, a facility, maybe I have a storage, a huge storage building that you can set up a classroom in. It could be anything like that that you go off campus to. The main requirement is that you have to go off campus to receive the instruction. Gotcha. And then um, could it be something like, um, what if somebody had like a really large, uh, like RV? Uh, could they actually conduct like a class in an RV or something? And uh, I, I don't, I don't see why not. And uh, yeah, yeah someone to donate one. We'll, we'll try it out. <laughs> <laughs> That's no, great. And, uh, no, I mean, yeah. as long as it's off campus, uh, it, that's, anything like that is fine. Yeah. And, of course, we're going to look for, you know, a safe environment. We're going to look at what's best for the students' uh, overall well-being, too. And so going to local church, you know, I can lock the doors. I can make sure everybody's safe and, and that kind of stuff as well. And, you, you know, we treat it just like the school environment. And you know, when I come in the, into, in the church building, I unlock the door when I come in. All the students go in. I lock it back behind me. You know, it's the same type of environment at the school, which we're keeping the kids safe uh, the entire time. Gotcha. And then, um, so, uh, are you, is this a ministry that is looking to expand uh, as far as, um, do you look for additional people that are interested in getting involved with what you're doing and try to, you know, get into other schools or how does that work? We are, uh, locally. So, so the Pickens County Christian Learning Centers, uh, is focused on all the schools in Pickens County. So right now we're in all five middle schools, but there's also four high schools. And we would love to be in all four high schools one day. Uh, we're working towards that. We have been in a high school before, one of the four high schools, a couple of years we were there. And there's been different challenges uh, at the high school level. Uh, kids uh, get early release so they can leave school early. They don't take as many classes necessarily. Um, yeah, mm -hmm. there, there's been uh, just, just some different challenges. And of course, COVID always you know, has messed everybody up. And uh, yeah, but yeah. Uh, you know, we had some, we, you know, we had some down, some downtime, both with giving and, and with attendance during the COVID time period. You know, the school was greatly restricted our class size numbers. Uh, at one point during the COVID, I was teaching just three classes a day and only five students per class because they had to spread out like six feet apart in the class oh, and wow. we could only do five yeah. students at a time and, and that kind of stuff. So, you know, so you know, we're starting to build back up. And, and I would just share that. Uh, our giving, I know this is kind of off topic, but our giving is down about 50% right now since COVID hit. And so, uh, you know, we're, we're at the point, you know, uh, we're definitely looking for more partners who can help us uh, reach more students with the gospel message on a daily basis.
Yeah, absolutely. So if, if you're listening to this and, and this is something that um, maybe uh, the Holy Spirit is touching your heart and you'd like to get involved, um, there's multiple ways. Obviously, you can get involved just by supporting uh, Brock and his team, uh, pcreleasetime.com. You can check it out for more information there. And then, of course, if it's something that um, maybe you're interested in doing, um, he, Brock is a great resource also to get you more information um, so that you don't have to reinvent the wheel and you can brainstorm with him about um, how, how to get this done. And um, so another question along those lines, Brock, so how important it is, is it to have buy-in from the school administration, the public school administration? Is there, do you ever have a situation where they're like, no, we, we just don't want to do this? Uh, what are your thoughts there? Yeah, and it really starts top down, going to the superintendent, going to the local school board, and once they give you approval, it's really not uh, the individual principal's, I guess, um, decision at that point. But we, mm -hmm. we do everything we can to be helpful. Uh, some of our teachers help out with lunchroom duty. You know, I try to help out as much as I can. If I see an issue, I, I'm doing everything I can to be helpful around the school. Uh, you know, if a kid spills a drink, I'll go help mop it up. You know, things like that. You know, just trying to yeah. show that we, we are appreciative of being there. We, we want to uh, let the administration know that we're here to provide support for you guys. We're not here to be a burden. We're here to actually be a benefit uh, mm. uh, for, to the school and for the school. That's fantastic. And, and then as far as um, curriculum goes, let's say there's somebody who's like, wow, this is interesting to me, but man, I wouldn't even know yes. where to start. I've never been a teacher in a school. I don't have a teaching credential. Um, what's the situation there? And uh, yes, and it's, it's going to be different um, probably with every local school district. At the middle school level, here's how it currently is. You do not need a teaching certificate. Um, it is not a four credit class. So anyone who has a heart for teaching and wants and has a desire to teach the Bible accurately could teach at the middle school level if that's where God's calling them. But at the high school level, it is four credit. You know, it's a credit course. Uh, so you have to have a teaching certificate. And so with my teaching background, I'm hopeful that we can be in position where I can teach at the local high school. Hopefully within the next couple of years, I can move up to the high school. And we'll bring someone else in to teach the middle school level because I have a teaching certificate. And so yeah. I could teach at the high school level. So, so God's placed us in this position. Just like, it's just pretty cool seeing that, that for growth within the ministry, I'm already here. And if that's where God wants it to go, I could easily move up to the high school level if God opens those doors uh, for that to happen. There's also, um, there's tons of curriculums out there. Uh, we use a curriculum from New Tribe Ministries. I'll give you the exact name so I don't get it mixed up, but uh, it's called Firm Foundations Creation to Christ. That's the uh, curriculum that we use. And it's 48 lessons. It starts off with who God is. It goes into the angels next. And it goes chronologically uh, through Genesis and all the way through the Bible and to the life and teaching of Jesus. We hit all the major players uh, in, in the Bible. We spend a ton of time on Genesis 1 through 11, giving that foundation of who yeah. God is. And uh, then we hit the major players throughout the Old Testament. You know, we can't cover everything. But we sure. hit the major players in the Old Testament. And then we touch, touch on uh, as much as we can a pretty full spectrum of the life of Jesus in the new Testament. We don't get any of the epistles. We don't get any in the revelation. You know, we don't have time for all that. And, uh, but it's 48 lessons, uh, that we have, uh, and, and, and numerous, uh, days for each of those lessons. Usually some lessons we get done on one day, but other lessons take two, three days sometimes to cover. So it's a full semester by the time we, uh, we teach it from one end to the other. Yeah, absolutely. And then, um, do they actually get grades, uh, for the class or you said it's not, fine? Not, not for credit. So not, not for the school to, to record, but, but there are grades. Um, every teacher does it differently. So there, there might be some sort of a incentive program that's put in place. Some teachers will give incentive for uh, different things, maybe memorizing a Bible verse, uh, 
uh, maybe uh, you know just different things like that. Uh, I generally yeah. I generally keep it simple. Other teachers get more complex with their I guess reward system uh, with that. Uh, we do a, we do a weekly uh, Bible memory, and so one verse a week. And, and the students who actually memorize the verse, I get them pick out the candy bag, so they get a, you know get a chance to get a little piece of candy that kind of thing. Yeah, so, you know, yeah. Nothing but nothing as far as a letter grade A B C D. Um, we do occasionally we'll give them some quizzes and stuff, but that's just for their knowledge. So let them see what they're learning, what they're, what they've retained, what they haven't retained, but it's not for a grade to send home. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And how, um, you said, I think you said you, the max you can teach is 14 kids per class. Is that what you said? That is because that's how big my bus is. And okay. uh, so I have a 14 passenger bus. One of our schools has a 30 passenger bus. And so it's a little bit bigger school. And so it could hold up to 30 students at a time. And, uh, and so, like last year, let me find it real quickly. Um, figure out where I had it written down at. Give me one second. I can give you this uh, stat. We had, I think it was 500. My computer's been a little laggy, so I apologize. But uh, that's right. We had, I think we had around 500 students. Yeah, 517 students were a part of release time in all five middle schools last school year. And uh, that's incredible. So, yeah. So, so you know, average 100, just say 100 students per middle school. Uh, we had at my middle school, uh, R.C. Edwards Middle School, we had 119 students uh, last school year is what we had. So, wow. uh, so roughly, um, you know, roughly 60 students per semester is what it kind of yeah. boiled down to. That is fantastic. Um, now, what if uh, do you ever have a situation where you have more kids that want to be in the class than you actually have room for? Is that ever a situation? It is actually. And, uh, and, and it's been that way the last um, this past year uh, and going into this coming year, the administration told me you you could teach a lot more classes we, we've got way more kids that want to do this than we <laughs> have room so, to put them in there so yeah it's great and, and so what so do you every think school, yeah go ahead. Uh, go ahead go ahead i'll just say every school is different some schools we we struggle to fill the classes and some schools it's just it fills right up and and part of that too is culture every, even within the same county the culture at every school is different and yeah. so we've got to find ways to uh to get kids there and some schools it's not necessarily the culture it's, it's the way things are set up there's so many opportunities that kids can take that release time that they want to take it, but there's always other cool options they can take as electives. And so yeah. we're competing against those cool electives as well. And so that, that makes it a challenge at times too. Gotcha. So, so what do you think is the draw for the kids that do want to come to the class that they, they um, w- what's going on in, in, you know, what is the sense you get from them as, as they're sitting in the class? Um, are they interested in learning about the Lord? Are they, uh, you know, just trying to get out of school? What are they, what's their, what's their thought process? Or is it just yeah. different from kid to kid? And it is, but I would say this is how I always address the class um, uh, on day one. I say, this is the only class you can take a field trip every single day. And uh, <laughs> so sign up, we get to go on field trips every day. So every day we yeah. go off campus in the bus, but, uh, but no, most kids who sign up for the class uh, have heard from a sibling, an older sibling. Uh, I've heard from a classmate. Uh, about it and, and and they want to be in there i've had very few students um in my four years of teaching and this i know this may sound bad but my four years of teaching it so far student who we've had to remove from the class for being a disruption just we couldn't get that student to to, to stop being a disruption from other students learning and so sure. i think that's for middle school i think that's a pretty good oh it know, is for, for the elective <laughs> volunteer elective class i think that's a pretty good number uh, oh that's, that's fantastic uh, that. yeah so, uh, i i you know I was a vice principal for the past two years and uh, 
And <laughs> middle school kids, I had more trouble with middle school kids than I had with high school kids, which is hilarious. But well, I, but, I, I've, uh, got, I've got a pretty good dry sense of humor. And so I use that a lot. And I yeah. joke with the kids. And I, I have them call me Coach Brock by my first name. Uh, I make it more of like a youth pastor relationship versus a teacher relationship. And I think that sure. helps out a lot. And I just try to get to know the kids. As I'm driving the bus up the road, I'm hearing their conversations. And so I, I'll, make, I'll make note of what I heard. Sometimes for good, they'll be like, oh, you heard that, <laughs> you know, kind of a thing. And because, uh, you know, they talk candidly on the bus and I'll address those things. So it's, yeah. I think that part as we, the camaraderie is built up as we go through that during these non-instruction times, I think it helps draw those kids back as well. And uh, they yeah. see they, they see us as the race time teachers as a safe environment they can come to, to help them with anything they're going through. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. I, yeah. The relational aspect there. I mean, uh, the Bible is a book of relationships, right? It's a, it's a book it about uh, our relationship with the Lord and our relationship one with another. So uh, that's so wonderful. Um, and then um, I had another question for you. Uh, so you were saying that, um, you know, sometimes there's, there's more kids that want to take the classes than you actually have room available. How do you determine like, you know, who gets to take it and who doesn't, is there something you just fill up a quota and you're like, I'm sorry, guys, it's, it's full or how does that work? Yeah. And every school is probably a little different here, but at, at a school I teach at, the administration takes care of that. I just, they just okay. give me a roster and they say, Here, okay. here's your, here's your class list. And, uh, and then I, then I battle sometimes like, Hey, can we get another kid in here? Especially sometimes they'll max it out below the bus limit, they might say they might max out at 12 and not necessarily because COVID changed a lot of stuff. So, you know, sometimes yeah, that's, yeah. you know, but hopefully going forward, we can get back into the 14 number on a lot more regular base. So I'll be like, I've got one more kid. Can we get 13 in here? You know, I'll go to yeah. that for another kid. And that kind yeah. of <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, for the most part, that's outside of my, uh, my realm at, the, at what we're currently doing at the middle school I'm at, we're offering one sixth grade class two seventh grade and two eighth grade. Cause most okay. sixth graders don't know about the course. So uh, by the time they become seventh graders, their classmates have taken it and they're kind of, oh, you need to take that class. That, that's a good class to go take. And so the, yeah. the word of mouth is spread about the opportunity. And so seventh, eighth grade, we have no trouble. But one of the assistant principals last year said that your classes are full. You don't have any issue. I mean, they're all full this coming year. <laughs> that's great. So that was another question I was going to ask is um, you've been doing this for, uh, for four years now and you're going into your fifth year. So you've had a chance to, to have feedback and, you know, um, administrators here, you know, they hear kids talking, they hear parents talking. Um, so what kind of feedback are you getting as far as, um, you know, the kids go, go through the class. Are you seeing, um, you don't always see fruit immediately, but are you getting a sense that, that, um, you know, this is impacting these kids and that the parents are, are grateful for it and that the administration is, feeling, uh, you know, positive towards it. What's, what's the, the kind of uh, fruit you're seeing from this? Well, I can say that the administration has told me numerous times that they're very thankful uh, for this opportunity that, that we do, that it's a, it's a benefit to the school, that, uh, that, uh, that they, 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 I guess they understand what we're doing and they understand uh, how it's a, just like a kid will want to take strings or a kid might want to take art or a kid might want to take, uh, you know, band, you know, those are all benefits to the school as well in different ways. And yeah. so, and so they, you know, for what they've explained to me is that they've seen this being a benefit to the school and uh, not, they haven't always told me in like specific tangible ways, but, uh, but they have numerous times said uh, that, that this has been a huge benefit to the school. And so I, I probably need to clarify that more in the future to give them, Hey, can you explain that some more? But a lot of times we're, I'm so busy teaching the whole day. It's a quick passing, 
you know, yeah. two second moment to say something to the administrator. And so sure. you don't have a lot of time for long conversations either. But, yeah. but all the feedback I've gotten has been, uh, for the most part, positive feedback. And what about parents and students at the end of the year? How do, do you feel and, uh, yeah, that's positive almost, also? Yeah, I mean, I've got tons of, of testimonies. I've got a whole, I won't, I won't read them to you, but I've got a, I see if I can say, I've got whole, these are all student testimonies that, have, that they've written down uh, just to how the class has impacted them, how they shared, uh, um, you know, how the class has helped them. I've got a lot of eighth graders who are now going to be nightmares. They're like, can you offer this at the high school level? And I, and I tell them, we're working on it. We're, so they want yeah. to take it at the high school. And That's so they, you know, like, we're trying to get there. You know, it's going to take some time. Now I told them, you know, we might, the ones who just went up to ninth grade this coming school year, but, you know, we, you know, we're working, we might could have it by the time you're 10th graders. So not this coming school year, but the next school year, it's a possibility. We could be up there by then. I mean, we got a lot of work to do to get there, uh, you know, with yeah. funding and, and getting, you know, all the teaching stuff and it, it lined up, but, uh, but it's definitely a, a direction we're trying to get into. And uh, like, here's, uh, uh, I'll just read a couple of testimonies if you want me to. Is that okay? Yeah, to, that'd be wonderful. Okay. Yeah, I'd love it. And uh, this was eighth grade girl. She says that this class gives me a good way to learn more when my parents don't believe. So here's a student whose parents are not believers letting mm -hmm. her take this class. And she says, I've grown as a person throughout this class already. And I can't wait to learn even more through the year. So that was a note that she wrote uh, at one point during the year. Here's a seventh grade boy. He, and he wrote this. He, he was in the class the previous year as well. He says, last year during release time, I got saved. I love release time. That's a seventh grade boy. Wow. And this is an wow. athlete too. This is like a hardcore uh, athlete writing. Uh, I love that, release time. I mean, you that, just don't, that breaks my heart. That's, I mean, that's awesome, that's just a, man. That's good awesome. Stuff. That's wonderful. Um, one other one here is it's another athlete. She writes this, uh, eighth grade girl. This class has impacted my life because I play three sports, and when I miss church on Sunday, I feel bad and like I'm drifting away from him. So this class really helps me understand God's word, and it makes me feel like I can be connected to him all the time, even when I miss on Sundays. And she goes on oh, to say man. this. I used to just go to church just to say I went. But after this class and really hearing, understanding his word has turned a new page for me. And I really enjoy reading about God's word now. And she goes and say, thank you uh, to all who support it. Wow. That's a tearjerker, man. Praise God. Yeah, and and I've is... got, like I said, I've got a whole, you know, I've got another, I don't know how many, 60 of those right there in front of me. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. We'll, we'll read them all, but, uh, but yeah, just this great testimony is how God has worked in these students' lives and drawn them close to them. Because most of these students, when they come in, they have very minimal biblical knowledge. Mm -hmm. Most of these students haven't gone to Sunday school. Mm -hmm. Most of these students haven't gone to children's church. Most of these students have a minimal background of the Bible, if anything. Yeah. Like, yeah. like you know, if, if you know, when I was growing up, now I grew up as a PK, so I was in church all the time as a PK, a pastor's kid. And mm -hmm. uh, but uh, you know, I would I would at least know Bible facts, but I could throw like Jonah. I get blank stares. Yeah. Like, okay, who's John? <laughs> I'm, I'm like, what? <laughs> I know. I know. Yeah, Same uh, with me. Same with me. I, I, you know, I teach Bible too. Uh, that's my, that's my career. And uh, it, it's astonishing to me. Um, definitely that I can throw, throw a very famous stories out and uh, whether it's about David and Goliath even, yeah. and kids are like, I don't know about that. And uh, it's, it's stunning, but uh, there's a lot to be done. So, um, my guest today, if you guys haven't heard, if you're just tuning in, uh, is Brock Bailey. Um, he's a release time Bible teacher at, uh, uh the middle schools in South Carolina. Um, pcreleasetime.com is his website, pcreleasetime.com. If you would like to learn more about him, um, and what he's doing and also about, um, just release time in general, maybe you 
you want to be involved in supporting what he's doing, or you want to be involved in maybe uh, seeing what you can do to get something started in your local neighborhood, in your local middle school, um, all kinds of resources there to be able to, to get help with that and um, to move that along. And obviously, these are, these are tangible results. You know, sometimes when you work in ministry, you don't get to see the immediate results, but I mean, here you have these testimonials where it's clear that uh, this is having an immediate impact on these young kids' hearts. And really for a lot of them, it's setting up a foundation that's going to carry them out throughout the rest of their life. It's going to change their life forever um, through Christ. So uh, that is absolutely uh, incredible. Um, you know, if there is somebody who's, who's thinking, um, locally in their school, they're thinking, oh boy, that, I don't, I don't know if my school would be friendly towards this. Um, you know, what, what is the process of, you know, praying of, of how do they overcome maybe some of the obstacles that are there in getting a program like this started, Brock? Yeah, definitely. Well, there's a, there's a parent organization called schoolministries.org that will walk you through how to start a release time program in your community. And so that would be the resource schoolministries.org. And okay, if you, uh, schoolministries.org, yeah, so school ministries and it walks you through, it's, it's, it's basically the, even though we're all funded locally, this is kind of the, the um, infrastructure kind of side of the ministry and they help you get it started. They help you with uh, how to start from A to Z, how to get, get the program off the ground. And uh, there's Wonderful. all kinds of checklists and, and resources there. Yes, sir. Okay. That's excellent. That's excellent. And, um, and, you know, what would you say to somebody who says, you know, I live in a maybe a very uh, antagonistic um, community. It's not, you know, I th when I think of South Carolina, I think that, like you said, there's a church on every corner. Yeah. Not every every place is like that. I live in Southern California and lots of California is not real friendly towards, you know, Christianity. Um, what would you say to somebody who maybe lives in an area that's not as friendly towards that? Do you, do you think... Um, it's worth uh, trying to make that happen? Or do you think there are other areas that would be better to focus on if you're in a really antagonistic area? Yeah, I guess there's two ways to look at it. Uh, definitely worth it. I mean, we're, we're trying to, you know, reach these students for Christ. Uh, so, so every part of it's worth it. Uh, yeah. Uh, to try to do everything we can. Uh, but then there's other part to say, you know, what are the ministries are there? Are there other ministries that you can partner with that can do something similar? You know, mm. find a ministry that's thriving. And, and, and join them. And maybe it would grow into something like this. Maybe there's a local, uh, a larger church maybe that has a good, vibrant youth group going on. And maybe that could then grow from there into a school ministry. And maybe it's an after-school program to begin with. And then yeah. maybe it grows into a school day program down the road. And uh, But the biggest thing I would say is, is the first thing we should always do is pray. You know, just pray yeah. and, and, and seek God's wisdom, seek God's guidance, ask God to open up the doors. You know, God, if this is this what you want me to do, give me peace about it. Give me assurance. And then and if he does, then, then press on. And it's not going to be easy. If you're in, a, especially if you're in an environment that is not traditionally uh, known for being friendly towards uh, church going people, I use that terminology. And, yeah. uh, but, uh, but you also have legal rights and you have, uh, and the school ministries uh, group will, will help you with that as well and help you understand. And part of that too is just getting to know the local school board, getting to know the superintendent. And, and showing how much of a benefit this program. And here's another cool thing about the program. We offer the opportunity to reduce classroom size free of charge. Because when the students in my class, that's less students in the PE class. That's oh, less that's students a, in our really class. That's less students in, in, in other classes. Yeah. So that, that's a tangible benefit right there. We're taking a teaching load 
off of your paid staff and we're doing it for free. We're, we're not charging a thing to do it. And so there's, wow, that's, that's one benefit that's uh, of, yeah. of, the, of the program. Um, so another question in that, in that regard, you know, um, a lot of the public schools are going in a direction that, you know, uh, church going people aren't real excited about. <laughs> yes. So, you know, they're, they're making a lot of decisions and, and, uh, that you're just kind of like, whoa, 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 this is completely contradictory to everything we believe. Um, yes. do, is this ever an issue in your, um, local area as far as like, are they concerned about what you're teaching regarding the Bible and the issues that have popped up now with gender and, and, uh, you know, um, self-identifying your gen- gender and these sorts of things? Are, are these issues for you? It, it hasn't been a whole lot uh, for us. And and I think part of that, we're, we're in the Bible Belt, so that does make it, even though it's still not, when you think of the Bible Belt, it's not what it used to be either. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, those people go to church on Sundays is way diminished, way diminished, especially with COVID too. It really dropped the numbers down yeah, and, uh, yeah. and people just haven't come back. And so it, it's not the the land of plenty that you might think of as far as everybody, yay, we're all going to church, that kind of stuff. So there's still antagonists out there. I mean, there's, there's teachers who are atheist and agnostic and have other worldviews uh, that teach in the public schools that I'm in. And, uh, and so I just, as another ministry and, and as long as we're doing it in a way that, um, that, that we're showing Christ's love uh, with others, I think that's the, that's the mindset we have to have is that we want to um, just try, try to show his love and, and be there to be helpful Um within the school district. So those who maybe wouldn't really agree with what we do, they're like, well, that person is a help. That person's yeah. going yeah. above and beyond. Well, like at, at one school, uh, one of the middle schools, uh, the teachers, as I mentioned, help out with lunchroom duty. Well, even if mm-hmm. you don't like what we're teaching, who can discount the fact that you're getting volunteer help with lunchroom duty? I mean, the lunchroom's yeah. crazy in middle school. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, so, so things like that are, are a huge plus. That's great. Yeah. I mean, we, we, uh, we just want to love people. Um, like you said, because, um, I always tell people, well, if you don't have an answer, (laughs) you know, to somebody's question, or maybe you're struggling with something, just love them because, uh, that's what God wants us to do is to love people. So, um, so, you know, you did mention though, you said something about, we have legal rights. Um, it's not like a legal requirement that, that a school administration or a school board allow this to be the case though. Right. It's really, at their discretion. Is that the case or, or and, uh, what's this? Yeah. And, but at the same time, since the Supreme court has ruled um, that in favor of it, you can't force a school district to, to offer it. But since the, the legal precedent is there, I think most school districts would at least look very intently at that to make their mm. decision. And, mm. uh, you know, I don't, I don't think, we're talking lawsuits or anything, which I mean, that may sure. come one, it may come that someday, but I don't think we're talking that, but it's just, you know, uh, as, as I mentioned already, we're, we're going to try to show the benefit of, of, of offering this program and how we're helping the school district. And, uh, and with it being a volunteer class, anyways, an elective class, students have to have, have parent permission to actually do the class. I think that takes a lot of the preconceived notion of what's my kid being taught, you know, that kind of thing. You're not getting that because hello, you let your kid in there. You signed the form, yeah. you let your kid, <laughs> yeah. and you knew it was a Bible class. So it yeah, takes away, yeah. I think, uh, uh, from that um, antagonist view, I guess, from that standpoint. Sure, sure. That makes a lot of sense. Well, uh, Brock, we're just about out of time here. And um, I just want to uh, repeat your website here, pcreleasetime.com. For those of you listening, um, you can help support what they're doing. Like he said, you know, this is a full-time job. He's teaching anywhere from four to six classes per day. 
um, five days a week. And obviously the ministry is effective. It's so exciting to see the gospel being shared with public school students. Many of these kids um, have don't go to church. They come from right. families that are unchurched. And uh, this is a really powerful ministry. So pcreleasetime.com. And then if you you want to get help with that, you can always, um, you know, pick his brain, but also um, Brock mentioned schoolministries.org for help. If you are interested in trying to set something up like this in your local school district and um, uh, Brock, again, thank you so much for being with us. Really appreciate your time. Yeah. Thank you, Kevin. I appreciate it. And uh, looking forward to uh, seeing how the school year unfolds and just, you know, those who are listening, uh, start praying for us. And we've got students coming in two weeks that will have a chance to impact. So pray that uh, parents will agree to let them in the classes and pray the students will have an open heart and open mind to learn more about God's word. Amen. Amen. Wow. I'm so excited. You fired me up, man. Um, <laughs> my name is Kevin Conover. My website's educateforlife.org. You can listen to a recording of this broadcast on social media. It'll be all over YouTube and everywhere. If you want to forward it to somebody who you think might be interested, please do so. And then um, obviously uh, also on my website, you have my apologetics curriculum, Bible apologetics curriculum. If you need that as a re resource, it's available to you. Um, 40 classes covering all the different questions that kids have about God and the Bible. And um, uh, just very grateful for you being, being here today. And uh, please continue to pray for Brock and his family, um, his wife and his, and you have two kids, right, Brock? Yes, sir. Okay. So uh, we'll keep them in our prayers too. So thanks again. And uh, hopefully I'll see you next year in South Carolina at the uh, convention. Yes. Hope so. Yes. In Tennessee. Yes, sir. Oh, Tennessee. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, man. God bless you.